hosts Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Two, one. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast, a.k.a. Zonas de la Jones Podcast for our, I don't think that's, uh, is that even Spanish? For the Jones Zone? Close. Close, Close enough. Yeah. Uh, Chris is out today. He's got an earache, so he's resting it up. Uh, I'll tell you what, earaches, man, they, they're no joke. But our guest today is a new breed of network marketer. Using true marketing strategies to grow his downline to over 2,000 people, he is the host of MLM Automation Radio and is the owner of the five-star power team, John Drew in the house, in the Jones Zone podcast. Welcome, my friend. How are you doing today? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Dude, it's been like, uh, yeah, it's like we've been talking about it for a while now. It's like finally getting it together. Finally here. Yeah, man. It's like excitement, man. I'm shaking in my seat. Yeah. We've been planning this out for a while. We just, you know, busy, busy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so uh, I want to ask you a very important question. Before we even get started, man, before we even get started, who's your favorite wrestler on the WWE roster right now? I'm going to have to say Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, yeah, Seth freaking Rollins, man. Right. Monday Night Rollins. Gotta love that guy. Workhorse. He is, man. He's a, he is a workhorse. Uh, yeah, I know John, we, we, me and JD have been talking wrestling for uh, basically since we've known each other. It's uh, always something to go back and talk about. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, man, where where are you joining us from? That was a little brief introduction about you know what you do. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your story, where you're from, and how you got to be a podcast host and network marketer. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think we'll probably kind of revisit how we met in the process. Oh, yeah, I was actually totally. trying to think about earlier. You have to tell me, you know, after this, where which place we connected at originally because it's hard to remember. I, you know, you spin around in all these different it, it, it was, environments. But I believe it was uh, uh, one of the Steve Larson's. Groups. It was definitely one of his, yeah. his, his deals. Yeah, um, one of his, uh, was it? MLM hacks? Yeah, secret MLM hacks. I think yep. I think that's where it was, yeah. Absolutely. I was trying to think of that before <laughs> I got on the show, and I'm like, man, that's funny. And, and I guess that goes to uh, what we're going to talk about today, too. It, it goes to prove a point. Like, you start to feel like you've been friends with somebody for a while, and you forget that you met him online like half a year earlier, and you don't even remember where you met him at. Right. It's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm from uh, Brighton, Michigan, coming to you live. Uh, hey, where, oh, so, okay, for those who are listening, they, they can't see me do this, but for those who are going to watch the video, where is that? Oh, on that. On the hand. Right over, so you're right. We're going to be right down in southeast Michigan, like right around here. Southeast. I'm never that great. I was never the best, you know, at the, when they tell us to go up, you know, when you grow up in Michigan. Mm. Uh, first day of class and you know fifth grade or something you go and like draw you know on the board where did you grow up where'd you come from and i'd be that kid that like would have the east and west screwed up and go draw on the wrong side of the board so yeah you know, <laughs> try to do what we can with what we have but yeah it's, that's where i'm at i've been here my whole life for the most part grew up uh, in a city a couple like 15 miles away went up to school do it on the hand for you went a little north yeah to go, up to, go up to school there moved back home after and uh yeah been here for all 30 so Nice. Definitely so, homegrown in Michigan, no doubt about it. Yeah, so what got you started on this entrepreneurial game? Man, uh, I'm glad it happened, but it was kind of like trip and fall, and then just figured out you found something you like. So I, uh, I started on the more uh, traditional path, right? You know, what everyone kind of told 
told me to do growing up, get a piece of paper from college, go out, get a job, move your way up, that whole, you know, everyone knows that, that yeah. deal. And uh, yeah, it, it started off well. I, I graduated, I got a license in, as a CPA, as an accountant, and got a, got a decent job. Pay was a little bit rough, like not exactly what college had kind of, you know, told us was coming. Mm. But yeah, I worked it and I got noticed. I worked hard off the, off the rip and promoted a couple times. But every time that happened, man, it's like I would be promised a ton of stuff and I would get all the responsibility and the stress would go like this, but the pay would just be uh, like yeah. there, you know. And it was always someone else that didn't even work in my office, like making that call. And I was there for about three years. And by my third year, this had happened like three times. I was running like a practice of almost 300 clients at like 25. And it was, I mean, it was stressful. To be honest, they moved me up almost too fast. Mm. And I did it because I was becoming obsessed at that point with like getting my, my pay break. Like yeah. we were talking about at that time, like doubling my pay. Like that's what was coming. It was that out of proportion. And in my third year, they, they kind of did it again. And like this big doubling pay thing ended up being like a 5% pay raise. And then they gave me another workload increase, which was not part of the no. the deal. And of course, for anyone that knows the tax industry, like anything from January through April is, you know, that's the, that's the death season. And they dropped that bomb on me like two weeks before that started. So I kind of was like, you know, I couldn't go do much with that. Like, oh, I'm gonna go find another job or whatever. I was strapped in. so. Through that tax season, uh, that was tough. I, I like, all of a sudden I couldn't sleep that well anymore. Like I was so stressed out. I felt yeah. like I fell into a trap. You know, like that feeling like you feel like you're doing all the right stuff. Man, yes. Let me tell you. Yes, I know what that feeling is like. It's like where you're you're, you're trying to do everything the right way. You're trying mm-hmm. to. You just want to. You know. You just want to provide and you want to live. But like what what you're doing isn't working, and you got that. You wake up with that pit in your stomach. Yeah, it's like oh. you got it, man. Yeah, I understand. That's how, that's how it felt, and like all of a sudden I, I couldn't sleep, and and that had I went through some stuff. Like I had really bad anxiety from that. Like it just was this. Um, Nonstop, like working 14, 16 hour days. I wasn't even sleeping an hour a night. I was so stressed out. It went on for like three months and kind of, you know, obviously through that process, I knew I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore, but that was my only work experience. Yeah. I never had a different experience to go off of. So it was kind of right at the end of that tax season. It's funny enough, I think it was the very last day I actually met with a client, like one of my last clients I met with for the season. And I don't know if he like saw through like, you know, I kept that, I tried to keep that inside, right? But he must have saw it through it and he kind of offered me up an opportunity and just told me that something big was about to happen. This network marketing company he was involved in was going to be coming into our state for the first time. So, you know, when you're, when you're sitting there, you're in a ton of pain, you're like struggling, you feel like that's like good karma finally hit you, right? Like, yeah. this is my big break. Yeah, that, this is what I've been yes. waiting for. Yeah, this is yeah. my, this is my escape from the yep. grind. Somebody yeah. upstairs is looking yeah. out for me, you know, here's my, finally my break. So I started working on it, you know, and I, I had the proof because of course, and you know this, um, being that you've been, you've walked around the network marketing community a bit and like, you know, the skepticism, people don't, you know, people are very yeah. one way or the other. They Pyramid scheme. Over, yeah. Overhype or say it's the worst thing. Right? Yeah. And in reality, it's right in the middle. Yeah. And, uh, so of course I was skeptical beyond anything, but I was in the right frame of mind at that point to like try something new. And 
Yeah, I, uh, I call it now the best stupid decision I've ever made because <laughs> I only made, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars over a couple months doing it part time. And I went into work on a Monday, man. And I don't know what it was, but like somebody had dropped a stack of files on my desk and I just unplanned. I just walked upstairs and just quit. I just like I put in my two weeks and it was like a month before my state was supposed to launch. So I just figured, you know what, I'm going to go all in on myself. Like, let's do this. And I told this story on my podcast, but, uh, (laughs) in one of like my, my lowest moments, a month later, I found out it wasn't coming here. Everybody was wrong. This whole, everybody was positive about this. It didn't happen. So you can imagine how dumb I felt. Like I just tossed my career and now what am I supposed to do? This is network marketing. I'm supposed to go talk to people I know, right? I'm supposed to go do meetings locally and how am I going to build a business? And that's the only kind of way I understood the industry. So I look at that as like the, the best blessing that I actually could have had because while that did make my first year extremely difficult, it forced me to go learn, I think what I believe is a lot better way to do things now. And that's using something like what we're doing right here, yeah. uh, using a podcast, using the power of, I always keep this proper on. I use it all the time. In my videos, like, you know, this little thing right here, you can reach anybody in the world. And I think a lot of people, just need to kind of learn how to do it. And so that's what I've, I've gotten really passionate about. And, uh, a lot of my best team leaders actually live where I live Mm. uh, as well. So like we're all operating this thing without being able to sell locally to anybody we know. So that, you know, you talk about having to force your hand and do something that most people say in the industry is not possible and actually get to the point of, you know, becoming like a higher up producer and everything. It's pretty, like it felt really rewarding. Yeah. In the process, but I was running away from something I really didn't like. And that's, you know, kind of the bottom line. And I think that's the story of a lot of network marketers. They kind of see it as a way to, um, to, to further along self network marketing is really a lot of it is tied in self development. Like, definitely. Yeah. And it's like, this is a way for me to earn extra money with no fulfillment, uh, very little risk. Um, Mm How so? How has podcasting and how has how have these marketing strategies that not a lot of network marketers know? How how have these strategies helped you in your business and how, how specifically have they helped you grow your team? Well, number one, uh, and I, this is kind of like just a generic, you know, over over top on all of this, but just getting out of your comfort zone to even do it grows you so much. Like you said, personal development. Even if you, even if the content you put out isn't great at first, even if you don't feel like your voice, you know, you haven't found your voice yeah. yet, just the act of doing it will make your other activities you're doing, you'll be so much more confident in. And what I found is immediately it, it took my influence level up, mm-hmm. like my perceived influence yeah. level. Like I didn't think I had changed mm-hmm. at all, but just by having that show, I had friends reach out to me that totally in the past would have scoffed at what I was doing, you know, like Oh, oh man, what are we, what's he going to do? Is he going to talk to us about his business? And I never even did that, but that's how bad the, you know, the skepticism is, yeah. right? I wasn't even that person, but people would, you know, yeah. expect that just because they knew what industry I was in. Mm-hmm. I've always been really open about being in network marketing. I don't like when people try to hide it. Like, oh, like they'll call, they'll call it affiliate marketing when it's multi-level. It's like, just, just own it. Own it, man. You know, yeah, own, it own, and, it. own it and support it. Uh, I believe in it thoroughly. Otherwise I, you know, I wouldn't tell people that. So you know, with that, doing a podcast, I found immediately people looked at me differently. They started to say, wow, that's cool. Like that you could go do, 
go out and do that. And do you actually make money doing that? I'm like, well, not like directly, but yeah, indirectly. You it's know, a I form relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not my whole podcast is definitely, I don't talk at all about where I work. I don't recruit on there. I don't say why people should join me. I just go value base. And yeah. I think, you know, you know that yeah. it's value is everything now. So we put some value out there and the right people will come to me. And that's, what's been awesome is the people I have met through that. Well, it's not like I have a line of people waiting to like come work with me or to purchase, you know, a product from me, but the ones that come to me, it's like the relationships I can build with them and what we can make that out of long-term is awesome. It's a, it's like a quality over quantity type scenario. Definitely. So you don't like a lot of what, um, a lot of network marketers where they fail is they kind of just, it's, I kind of like compare it to, um, you know, flying an airplane and throwing out and just dropping flyers of like, join my yeah. team. And then whoever yeah, yeah. gets it, just, just make it a rain. Make, yeah. yeah. Um, you're, what you're talking about here is basically attracting the, the specific type of person who you want to mm-hmm. work with. And there's a difference because a lot of network marketers, they're taught, hey, just go out to your friends and family and, and just recruit, recruit, recruit. Yep. There's no really, there's no value there. You know, no, you're not leading with it. And, uh, I heard something the other day, I think it was, um, uh, Frazier Brooks is someone I look up to in the network marketing community. He teaches a lot of, uh, Facebook interaction, a lot of the strategies that I use. And you know, one of the things he said, uh, he was saying social media is the best and the worst thing that's happened to the profession, like at the same time, mm-hmm. because half the people, the worst end of it is they treat it. It's like you take your Facebook profile and you just turn it into like a billboard. Yeah. Right. And people think that. All you got to do is have a bunch of friends and like that's the traffic driving by and you, your billboards like your cover photo and, and your your ads that you put out on your personal account. And like while maybe people could be kind of tricked into that stuff like a decade ago, like that doesn't you know, that's not how people are looking to do business anymore. They're looking right. for, hey, you add some value into my life. And if I like what you're putting out there, then, you know, they'll come back to you for more. And eventually what happens is like could be six months later, it could be a year later, they might come to you and say, hey, I'm at a point now where I'm actually really interested in what you're doing. And that's always a good feeling because you don't have to, you don't have to feel uncomfortable going out and just asking everybody. You just wait for the right time when they express some interest and then you ask. It's much different. Yeah, so when we talk about value, there's somebody listening right now that may be unclear of what kind of value we're talking about mm-hmm. or what does that even mean? So, so how would you describe that? I would say, you know, step one is kind of finding like you play around and figure out who you're talking to, your audience. So like for me, it's definitely entrepreneurs. So my story that I told like a snippet of is I did the corporate thing. I did the nine to five. I did the nine to nine, I call it. And I it wasn't for me. Like I found my ambition was way too big for the containment that was there. Like they were willing to let my ambition give me more work. They just weren't willing to pay me accordingly. Yeah. And so I, I kind of learned in that process that maybe entrepreneurship was for me. And when I tried it, I was hooked. Like that was exactly what I was looking for. And so I put a lot of content out there that would inspire entrepreneurs because that's kind of the language I know how to speak. Like, so if I work with someone who either already is an entrepreneur or maybe they just, they want to make that first step. Yeah. Um, and when they come to me and say, John, I get this one a lot. Like I heard your story. I would love to be out of my job in three to five years. Like, is that possible? And my answer is yes, but it's going to take a lot of work. Like it's not going to be possible if you're looking for 30 minutes a day 
that may not happen. But that's, that's what gets me up in the morning is like helping people uh, achieve that. And so I put a lot of my, my content out there. So when you come back to value, I would share things that would help people with their internet marketing. I would share things that maybe would just be inspiring. I'm sure you follow some of the same people I do. Oh, yeah. uh, I was just actually listening to an episode you guys did recently on the show here. And uh, one, of your, uh, one of the people you're interviewing was talking about Gary Vee, right? A lot of us listen to Gary yeah. Vee, but like when I'm having a day that I need to get kicked in the mouth, like, and, you know, get up and do it, I go listen to some, some Gary Vee. So putting out motivation, just helping people. And it's, you find that camaraderie and that bond. It just makes conversation yeah. so much easier. It actually makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Too. Like I actually enjoy doing this stuff. Yeah. It comes off that way, but that's, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm into it. So you, you got this big downline in, in inspiration, motivation. When you're dealing with a lot of people, how do you, how do you balance that? How do you, uh, A, give, give them, get them motivation or, and B, how do you, how do you keep them motivated? You know, the, the second part is the, is the challenge. Yeah. That's for sure. But it's, um, you know, the main thing is show up every day, uh, as, as you know, canned as that sounds, it, it's true. Cause there is no one telling you got to show up. And what I have found is consistency matters more than anything. So like in my team, I do like these live Q and a sessions, uh, about once, twice a week. And it's funny that if I even get off track with that at all, it, how fast things slow down. Mm. If I start, if I go, Oh, I'm moving it from two, we usually do them like Tuesdays, at eight o'clock. So I move it from Tuesdays at eight to like, Hey, this week we're going to do it on Saturday. It's like, like the whole world falls apart and you forget sometimes that a lot of your people are not working on this thing all day, every day, like you are. And so like that one little change for them, they may have actually set their schedule up. Mm. And that might've been the only hour they had all week where for me, it's like no big, you know, throw it over here, throw it over there. But after a while you had, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is you got to stop doing the things the way you think, you know, they would work best. You got to do it the way it works best for your people. And that was hard for me. Like, I like the really high tech, like, you know, make everything look cool, clean and, you know, build out all these sites, build these sales funnels, all this stuff, but it's not duplicatable and in network marketing, uh, you got to have duplication. So I, I kind of simplified things down. I made a really consistent schedule and I show up every day so, uh, and do it. Even if they don't show up, I show up yeah. and that helps a lot. So I'm glad you mentioned sales funnels and duplication. Is, is sales funnels something that you, um, that really helps you bring in more business and definitely. Yeah. And how do, how do you do that with inside of network marketing? Like what is a sales uh, funnel? If someone's listening who doesn't quite know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the easiest way to know, understand a sales funnel is just think of a process. So yeah. every company has, has quote unquote a funnel, right? So whether you, you know, where you get somebody from, who are you to, Oh, I know what you're all about to, Hey, I'm interested in what you're doing to maybe I'll, purchase from you or join you in business in my case. And you know, the way I kind of warm people up and the way I bring people into my funnel is through my podcast and is through uh, the lives I do on Facebook. And what I really love about it is I tell them how I'm marketing to them as well as so I make it educational and that way other people can learn from it. And now I'm giving value because the bulk of the people don't want to come work with me, right? They're happy with what they're already doing. So it's nice now to be able to interact with people without just looking for that 1% of people who are looking to work specifically with me. So the biggest thing on that, when it comes to the sales funnels and how you can make them work for network marketing, because most people think, and you probably know this, like 
I can't advertise for network marketing. I'm not allowed to. I can't run Facebook ads for that or, you know, my company won't let me market or advertise. It's been a big problem. It's part one of the reasons why that this industry is like a decade behind yeah. some of the other ones. And in reality, what I have done is that's why I'm, I'm neutral. I don't talk about my company. I don't say which one I'm in. And it's not because I'm not proud of where I work or any of that. It's because it keeps me out of having to worry on the compliance side of yeah. things. And also people are kind of over that. Like yeah. people aren't looking for the opportunity as much as they're looking for the right person to help them solve a problem. Yeah. So I position myself more as a coach because that's really what you are when you're um, when you're a leader in network marketing, you're more or less a coach. You develop a system, you, you know, you hold people accountable, you share your resources, you put your money and time into them. Hmm. And you know, if you're not going to work as a team, it's the wrong industry. Right. You're better off doing something else. Right. So that's, that's how I've used it. And it has definitely grown my business uh, a lot this year, especially we, you know, we three X this year that's amazing. pretty quickly. And I really give that credit for probably 50% of it. Cause it really it gave me that, that path to follow where I, you know, you know, you found something you like yeah. that's working and you get passionate about it. And that's, that's how I felt once I started working you, with that. Then big Mo gets on your side, momentum. And it's easier right. to follow through and actually just gain more and more success. So, mm-hmm. uh, nothing like it, man, it is a fun feeling when it, you see, yeah. when you feel momentum in network marketing, like you think you're never going to, I mean, every day it feels like it's never going to happen, but when it does, it is truly something remarkable to see. And uh, the text messages and the calls you get from people, like it, as corny as it sounds, it never gets old. And I really have gotten them like, the hey, I really, really am glad that when I was on the fence, you told me just to take a chance on this for a month. Because like I've got in my team now, 24 people have gone full time in two years. Wow. They've gotten out of their jobs. Like that's like my, that's like my pride number. You know, of any of the stats that I have, it's like, that's the one. 24 lives dramatically changed and transformed with the ability to leave their jobs behind and make money coming in, spending more time with their families. That's Mm -hmm. awesome, man. That's that's a great job. Um, When when we're talking about advertising and sales funnels, there's a limiting belief a lot of people have. If they don't want to do advertising, let me put it this way. Let me me, me be very transparent here. I'm going to cut the crap. Podcasting. What do you recommend Sally network marketer who's never done podcasting or public like would you what would you recommend to her to actually get one started to get one started or any other types of types of publishing because it doesn't necessarily have to be podcast I mean it, sure yeah, absolutely let's talk to Sally network say, marketer I would say break number one is do something that you're gonna enjoy so that you stay consistent because yeah. if if you hate it truly. And when I say that, I don't mean, because at first it's uncomfortable, right? Like oh, getting out of your comfort zone. So it doesn't always feel the best for the first week, but you kind of, you know, you have written, you have audio and you have video and not everybody is, has to do all of them. I think it's a big misconception now. So like if you're a fantastic writer and you just, the thought of going on camera makes you nauseated, then, then write, mm. then start with that and, and look to be a blogger. Right. And people are like, oh, but that's like 15 years ago. There are people still crushing it doing that. Mm. Right. So you got to do something that you'll be willing to show up and do. So pick that publishing medium. And on the podcast, and what I can say is the biggest thing that made my podcast recently start to grow a lot more. At first, I put some content out there. I slowed down on it. I lost consistency. People really liked it. 
but I was like spread too thin. I was trying too much stuff. Right. Uh, I've been there. I had shiny object syndrome. Oh yeah. 20, I've been, I've been there. Off, right. Oh yeah. Like I, I did Instagram for a minute. I came over to Facebook and I landed on Facebook long-term because it's where my team is built. Like that's where our, our training is. That's where our community is. So it kind of is a natural kind of heart of our organization. So I brought my content over there, but what I found with the podcast is you really have to market it. And I'm sure you know this too. People don't find a podcast quite as easily as they find your Facebook profile Mm. page Yeah, you're right. or an Instagram post. So you have to give them some breadcrumbs to follow to your podcast. So what really, really, uh, I like that breadcrumbs. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah. It's bomb right there. Right. Like, but it's, I mean, seriously, I, I, I noticed everything went through the roof when I started my Facebook content and I don't go over the top. I go live once a week on Facebook and I do one post a day. I should and could do more and I plan to, but just that alone has being consistent doing one a day was way better than what I was doing. Like three a day for two weeks and then falling off for a month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to learn that that's personal development right there. Yeah. Um, be, be okay with going halfway to where you want to go, but just do it every single day. Yeah. But what I did is I built up more of an audience there and then I started marketing my podcast. Hey, if you guys, I would do, you know, here's the tidbits on Facebook. If you want the in-depth, you want to get into the nitty gritty, my podcast is where I go, you know, I go more into like the nerd zone on the funnels and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'll talk about this is how I built it and this is what it does and it, it does this to this and I get really into it and yeah. so that's like the more technical stuff, you know, yeah. and then Facebook's the, Hey, this is the life of a network marketer. Maybe it is, or maybe it isn't for you. Is this definitely not for everybody? Uh, but I think it, I think it is a good fit for more people than maybe they realize because they haven't given the industry a real look because they have those false beliefs. And it's, yeah, it's a Nick. It's, it's really, it reminds me, I shared the story on a couple of different, um, or this analogy basically on, on, Network Marketing Mobsters and the Jones Zone podcast, there's a lot of similarities between real estate, which is the like the industry that I'm now transitioning out of. Chris is still mm-hmm. in there. But real estate and network marketing in the sense that, you know, you, you're excited when you first join or first get licensed. You're really excited and you want you're ready to rock and roll. And the person that you in the in the uh, real estate firm that you decide to hang your license with, i.e., the network marketing company that you choose to mm-hmm. to sell, they give you the same scripts. Even like like my, my real estate company here, say this on a listing presentation. Say yep. this to a buyer, and then the network marketing company here, say this to a pro- prospect. Say this here, or there. There's a lot of similarities to it. They're both negative. They both have low reputation industries. My thing is learning how to differentiate yourselves amongst the competition and that's that's initially why we started this jones own podcast is because mm-hmm. differentiation we wanted to be known as people who are who think outside the box and uh all that to say this i really just phew, lost control of where i was going with that thought so i do no, I mean, the, but the industries they are similar like yeah. I, i'm with you i think that was i mean i think you rounded back off to your point i do that all the time i'm I just kind of like getting in the zone I, I, do. I talk i just like to talk so like sometimes <laughs> i'll spin in a circle a couple of times and i'll just look to you like just take just take it from here man take the torture yeah. relevant but i uh i do think it and also they are both uh my my mother was in real estate for 30 years so although oh, i haven't worked the industry i'm i know yeah. it I know it, and it's a, it's a hype industry, and network marketing is too. Yeah. And what's funny is I've had a lot of prospects start with me in network marketing, and then someone in real estate comes and pitches them on how they can easily start to flip 
you know, whether it's on like the flipping side or whether it's on, I don't know, like any differentiation inside that industry. Yeah. You know, man, I don't have time for this anymore because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make $10,000 a day doing real estate. And, and I always try to be that person never to say like, cause I know they're on their way out. So I never, I'm like, Oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. But I just always tell them like, just understand, like caution your expectations. Like Ooh, yeah. that's why when people join me and they're like, can I make, they want to make a salary like on day one. And I always explain to people, I'm like, if you do network marketing really well, you may be able to take the rest of your life off, but it's going to take you five years of hard work mm. to do that. Maybe 10. Yeah. Uh, it has the potential to do that. But if you think you're going to come in and like start making a thousand dollars a week, right? Like making like a normal traditional yeah. kind of salary in it. It's not how it works. Like you, you push really hard up front to, you know, get the snowball rolling and by your third, fourth, fifth year, you know, depending on how fast you go, um, barring a little bit of luck as well, it's, you know, that's when you can really let it go. And, and you probably see that in real estate too, right? Because people scale up and they get a really good system and then maybe they end up being the broker themselves in the future, yeah. right? And that's, I mean, that's honestly how network marketing grows too, is you end up being a leader and then you're, you have oversight. And mm-hmm. if you can keep your team going and build the right resources to motivate them, then you can really scale. Then all of a sudden you can really start to scale your income. But people are definitely getting brought into uh, a lot of industries. But while we're talking about these two, I think they're perfect examples. They're being brought in with the wrong expectations. Someone's trying to quick close them, right? Somebody needs another agent in the office quickly or a network marketer needs one more person to join their team to like, you know, try to qualify for their producer's trip or whatever. And next thing you know, it's like people are not being told what to expect. And then when you do that, then, they're going to be disappointed. Like if, oh, if yeah. you pitch them on, they're going to get rich quick. They're, they're not going to stay with you because they're not going to. They're going to feel jaded. They're going to feel, yeah, they're going to feel like uh, they were lied to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, or that they failed. Yeah. You know, that yeah. Even worse, right? They'll, they'll get down on themselves, which is honestly, I'd yeah. almost rather have them be mad at me than, than think that they're uh, unqualified or incapable. That's a dangerous. That's a dangerous mindset because uh, that's and that's where you know, <clears throat> being a great leader and bring, being a, a coach as a leader, you can you can help people through that because once once somebody starts to tell themselves that they're not good enough and then it's like they're the problem, it's a, it's a slippery slope to, mm-hmm. to just a lot of internal pain and, co- and helping being there as somebody who can coach them through that. But again, it's like all about managing their expectations. So, yeah, good deal. Absolutely. Um, I want to circle back to the podcast. And the reason why podcasting is great is because the number one skill that you can have in network marketing and and basically anything in in sales is storytelling. Storytelling gives the people uh, a power, a certain power of story selling how has uh, the podcast helped you in your ability to st- to tell stories to get people engaged? Oh, it's it's helped tremendously. Have, you've read Expert Secrets, oh, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And when I read that book, which is right before I started my podcast, I reread that section of like uh, they call it the Epiphany Bridge script. For those yeah. of you out there, uh, Expert Secrets, uh, amazing book to just learn marketing. Um, I always say this anytime I can. Ignore the the concept of what the book's about. Uh, like the products they're talking about in there, it doesn't matter. Learn the marketing yeah. from that book. Because that that uh, script, basically like eight way, you know, eight steps to tell a really compelling story, that's actually how I write my podcast episodes. I write them in that format. And that was one of the hardest things 
uh, for any content creation, Facebook Live, anything that's going to be longer than a few minutes, Facebook Live, yeah. uh, you know, a podcast, an interview type scenario like we're doing right now, any of those, I write out just a basic script. And I, once I did that, I was able to not only tell better stories to intrigue people, but also mentally know that I could create content easily, mm. which is what has kept me going. Because that's where I think a lot of people fall off. Um, I, at least that's what I, I kind of see happen. People get 10 episodes in, 12 episodes in, 14, and then you just see that they stop yeah. publishing. Yeah. I think it's one of two things. Either they expected immediate results, they yeah. didn't get it, or they just ran out of content and started becoming more and more difficult uh, to do. And so what you know for me, learning that storytelling and understanding a really good way to formulate an episode or to kind of summarize a thought has been helpful because – like we were joked about earlier, but I can spin out. Like I have the ability to go on a, a podcast and just go for 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. But I won't always, you know, wrap, wrap it up nicely. If yeah. I do that. And so that was big learning for me. Like, all right, man, like summarize your thoughts down. And like, it's hard for me to get 20 minute episodes even sometimes, but you know, it's one of the things you just have to overcome. Yes. There's worse problems to have, but yeah. that was a challenge for me, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, Speaking of challenges, what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced inside growing your team? And I, uh, yeah. Staying positive uh, for me personally. So I'm not the most patient person by, you know, by nature. And I think part of the reason we were able to, you know, grow like crazy, hit a couple thousand people and everything it is like, you know, being impatient on that had helped a little bit because I pushed it really fast. But I had to learn to accept that not everybody was going to have the same mindset as me. And there are, there's still a lot of value in working with people that like, they don't necessarily want to go out and build like a seven figure business or something. And that was like a big goal for me was to like eventually be able to build a seven figure business and be able to help more people. Right. Mm -hmm. is more of the outcome that I was looking for. But I've realized now that there's so much value in working with people, even if their goals are nothing like that, or they might just be trying to put a, you know, a kid through college yeah. save an extra hundred dollars a month. And it doesn't mean that they're not taking it seriously because they're not putting in a ton of time. It doesn't mean that they're never going to do anything just because they don't do anything for the first couple months. And so I had to just learn to exercise patience and I had to learn to be more grateful and positive because those were things that when I first started, um, and part of it was the stress, like, you know, when my market didn't open, I was in trouble. Yeah. Like, and I wanted this to work really bad. You know, I, I did not want to tuck tail and go back to where I came from because people laughed me out of the door mm-hmm. when I told them I was going to go build my own business online. And they're basically were like, you'll be back. You'll be back begging for a job, you know? And mm-hmm. you were, they're like, you were on track to run an office here. Like, why would you chuck that away? And I held my ground, you know, and I mm-hmm. went. So I had a lot of motivation to yeah. you know, beyond just paying the bills to make it work. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I had to accept, like, not everyone's going to run, run at the same speed. And, you know, you've got to give people time. Uh, they don't always see it day one. And I had to thicken my skin up too, man. Yeah. That's the second challenge was I had to learn how to deal with haters mm. because I used to not take that very well. People be like, yeah. Oh, like what you're doing's lousy. Mm. You're a scammer or something. And yeah. I'd be like, man, I'm working here all day. I'm helping people. What do you mean? And I, I take it super offensively. Yeah, no, yeah. I just let it roll off. Like, and I, that's, I just, that's, a, that's huge, man. So if you're listening to this and like, don't, did you hear what he said? Is like, whenever somebody is a hater, you have to be comfortable with that and sit in that. Like, okay, it's, yeah. is, is it true? Am I a scammer? No. Okay. Let it go. 
And that's exactly. where, and that that's where like meditation comes in. That's helped me a lot. Is like meditating mm-hmm. and kind of observing my thoughts from as a third party observer, like and just kind of let, letting the the false beliefs and those negative thoughts and emotions just float through. I observe them like a cloud in the sky, and just they're they're passing by. Once you're able to do that. And you can detach yourself from that feeling of, oh, am I a scammer? Or, oh, God, he doesn't like what I'm doing. It's so right. much better. Like, it's your life. It's freedom. It's freedom, freedom. really. Absolutely. It? It's freedom. Did, now, did you find, because I, I have I have never, and it's something I'm actually very interested in, um, and I saw you putting content out there about it. When you started using meditation, uh-huh. did you find that it was just a, do you find that it has the effect of just slowing things down long enough for you to work through Something yes. like that, yes. like where, like work through those negative thoughts. Cause you know, when you're like in the moment you get frustrated and you're, you're, you're just spins. you're off center. Yeah. You're off center. Exactly. So I like to do that. I, I do it several, t- I do it like th- two to three times a day, especially if I'm feeling uns- like, cause I get that feeling, man. I, you're like, people think, Oh, you meditate. So you're, you're all Zen. No, 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 no. I get, I get emotions. Just everybody gets the same emotions. It's just like when you when you're having a strong support system is great, but like supporting yourself. So whenever like those feelings come in, I, uh, I I take out my calm app and I breathe. I take deep breaths. I I really I just take deep breaths. I soak it in. I I, I become aware of how I'm feeling in that moment and how I want to feel, and I just take it breath by breath. And usually five minutes later. All that shit that or what that was going on in my head is like okay, I'm now I'm centered. Now this isn't true. This isn't true. I can like I focus on myself now. So yeah, it's all about um, just observing those thoughts because those thoughts are not you. They're not. They're they're right. But you don't want to ignore them either. So like if, if you're fearful of something, that's good. Fear is basically preparing you for something. Mm-hmm. Like so if like hey something's coming, you need to get prepared for it and embrace it. So. Like that's, that's meditation has really helped me with, with everything in life. Yeah. It's something I'm really interested in too. Cause that's, that's been a, a character flaw for me in the past mm-hmm. is acting hastily on yeah. things like out of emotion. And I've learned through being an entrepreneur, like that was like a, a wall I had to break through to become more successful. Yeah. Um, I had to, especially uh, when I was, you know, I, when I started this business, I was 28 and a lot, you know, there were people coming to me for advice that were 20 years older than me. And so like, especially then I had to real, that's when I kind of was like, you need to check yourself. I'm yeah. like, you know, you're sometimes I look at it, like stop acting like a kid, like to myself, mm. I have to like tell myself that like you want to, you know, you're walking into like, you want to be a grown up in this job. So like you can't be getting bent out of shape about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's funny, but I had to have some like internal dialogue and like really talk to myself on, you know, being real with what I needed to do yeah. uh, if I wanted to truly lead. Uh, in this and it's not something I ever set out to do I never like set out to be a leader but it just happens yeah. in this industry people start looking up to you and especially you when a decision to make yeah like, and especially when you're you're doing everything that you're doing as far as the podcast host podcast hosting getting deep into expert secrets and dot-com secrets you're developing the attractive character you're attractive mm-hmm. character who you are and it brings people to you and when when you attract people, you inherently become the leader. And then when you're the leader, they, they're obviously going to look to you to lead them. So it's, yep. and if you can't lead yourself, how, yeah, exactly. How can you lead a team of 2000 people? Yep. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Good deal, man. John drew, man, we're wrapping up. Let's go ahead and wrap up real quick. 
talk real fast. How can people find your podcast and how can they, how can they uh, get in touch with you? Best ways right now, uh, the, the two places I'm active is the podcast and my Facebook profile. So what I always tell people to do is just connect with me on my public profile on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com slash John Drew HQ headquarters. J-O-N. J-O-N? Uh, yeah, J-O-N. No, no, that you. silent H crap. Yeah, that. No, no. I always forget that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. People don't spell it that way. Yeah, J-O-N. And um, if you guys connect me on there, my podcast, everything's linked to that all my stuff. I put out a lot of content just around entrepreneurship in general. Mm-hmm. Um, using some of my experiences, I obviously I know, I know a bit about like tax financial stuff from my previous job. That's what I did where I was working with entrepreneurs there. So I give little tips for that motivational stuff. And then obviously the podcast and all that is, is heavy network marketing yeah. uh, on that end. I tell you Company what, neutral. Yeah. So if you guys are other network marketers, it's not to get you to work with me. It's right. to help you learn how to market your business without talking about your company. Mm all that and uh it's exciting stuff going yeah. on now right you guys like it, it really is uh, no matter what business or industry you're in uh if I, as i get up on my soapbox for a second <laughs> but seriously what you can do with your phone and what you can do without a dollar just with time uh is amazing it, it really is and that's the kind of stuff i'm trying to get out there uh, as i know you are too yeah totally um one last question what do you get when you cross an airplane with a accountant Oh man, this is going to be something good. What do you, what do you get? A, okay. A giant. Okay. What do you get when you, I, I suck at telling jokes. What do you get when you, <laughs> cause I said it wrong. What do you get when you get, what do you, uh, cross between, oh, shit. what do you get when you mix a giant jet airplane with an accountant? What do you get? A boring 747. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. I got that from yeah. Sopranos. I can't take a credit for that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. What a storytelling. Yeah. Like when I tell people, you know, big false belief out there. You have to be really good at sales to do mm. any of these things, like what we're doing here. Yeah. And what I always do, my one go-to, I don't get any, into any detail. I just go, do you know I used to be an accountant? They're like, I'm afraid to do a podcast, John. I go, I used to be an accountant. Like, we're like notorious, like can't sell, yeah. can't talk can't to people talk that well. To, yeah. Like you can do, yeah. whatever. if there's a will, there's a way. You can do it. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. So. All right. John Drew, man, thanks so much for coming on the Jones Zone podcast. It's been our pleasure and uh, much continued success your way, brother. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, seeing your stuff as you keep putting it out here. Love uh, what you're doing. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, man. Have a good one. Take right, care. You too. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.